Hey guys, before we get started, why? I guess I don't need to do an opening buffer. This is for. <laughs> I do the opening buffer for upcoming shows and reviews. Let's see if there's a new review since yesterday. So, well, since I recorded that last one on Sunday. There's been two days. No, there hasn't. We're still at 158. The last review is still from No One Can Be Trusted, so who's to say if we can trust this review? But I already said it. Anyway, there's nothing to... It's no live shows. Comedy is illegal. Live events are illegal. Everything's everything's frowned upon right now. This is the time to frown uh, is right now. Anyway, if you want comedy, uh, I guess this episode, I'm going to try to keep it upbeat. But if you want to go listen to my stand-up, I have two albums or three albums, I guess, available on Spotify and Pandora. Uh, that'd be Uncle McFat Fat, 10,000 Pesos, and the Dry Bar release called Cat Jokes, which uh, that visual special is available on Facebook, on YouTube, and at drybarcomedy.com. There's a lot of places to watch me do comedy that I've done. There's a lot of places for that. <laughs> Where will comedy come out that I've yet to do? Or will... Is that even the way to say it? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to release... Um, this new hour soon, more to... I'll talk about it. After this, hit the music. Hit it good. This Week in Zoltan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Zoltan. Uh, I guess it should be tomorrow in Zoltan. Or two days from now. I guess I recorded the last episode on Sunday. Today is technically Tuesday, March 17th, 2020. And um, here's the latest update. In San Diego, anyway, as far as for what I can say, in San Diego, the sun is shining, so it's not raining, uh, but everyone else is frowning. Everyone else is not outside. Where we've been, they've shut everything down. They took care. They killed comedy a few days ago. Live comedy, I should say. There's still plenty of uh, desperate Instagram sketches and YouTube sketches and Facebook Live videos. That uh, putting out not just by me, but from my brethren, from my, uh, is that the right word? Whatever. People like me. People like me that can't go on stage anymore. They shut that, that down. So it went from, what was it? The first ordinance was like no events bigger than 250. That lasted for about five seconds. And then they said uh, no events bigger than 50. And then now they're saying you shouldn't even be in a group of people 10 or more. So it's oh like they closed the gym, they closed the boxing gym, they closed my coffee shop, my favorite coffee shop that I would go to closes in forty minutes. At three p.m. it will be closed. To be open one day, I don't know. I don't know. The only upside is I got an email from Postmates saying I can get a free Jamba Juice. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want I want some Jamba Juice delivered by Corona Riddled Hands. Made by Corona Riddled uh, Hands at the Jamba Juice given to another pair of corona- coronavirus riddled hands driving a Toyota Corolla. Uh, only to be given to probably my already coronavirus riddled hands. Can you put a protein boost in it? You know? Because I don't want to lose protein. For as many red blood cells as I'm about to lose while I fight off whatever virus uh, I may or may not get. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I think I'm a prime candidate for it. Uh, 
I should be the poster child for it. Hey, do you travel a lot? Yes. Do you come in contact with a lot of people? Yes. Do you shake a lot of hands? Constantly. Dude, if, if, my, if you put the number of hands that I shake... I think the only people that have higher number of hands getting shooken, shaken, are uh, presidential candidates. I think those are the only people shaking more hands than me, and they stopped doing that. But before the coronavirus, the only people, or like when it was still new, when it was just uh, something happening in another country, I wish the only people shaking more hands than me were uh, Biden uh sanders warren Buttigieg. i think that's how you say his last name officially uh any of the presidential candidates if you're not running for office odds are i am shaking more hands of strangers and people i don't know than you i'm a prime candidate for it i went through i was in seattle when it blew up over there when the coronavirus blew up i had just left so but it's been past 14 days since I've been in Seattle. So if I do end up with it, I don't think I got it in Seattle. But I went through Philadelphia, and I went through Cleveland, I went through Ohio, and then I've been at home, and just walking around at home, I've been at crowded grocery stores, I've gone to a couple of the final boxing classes. I kind of wish I went to the gym yesterday. I didn't know they were going to close it. So hopefully there's some prohibition classes where maybe there's like a secret knock at the door and I can come through the back and we don't turn the lights on and then if the cops come by I don't even know what we would do we'd have to we'd have to assault the cops with our boxing gloves we'd have to use the combo of the day double jab straight six five three two one one two it's weird who starts a combo with uppercuts? But be that as it may, uh, we're ready to fight the cops. I don't know, but we're ready to fight the cops. That's the update here. I know it's worse in other places. Italy, uh, it, uh, the news is so up and down. Like, they don't tell you any of the middle road stuff. Like, apparently people recovering from the coronavirus, because those people do exist, they're not making the news. The only two things I can get out of Italy is... Uh, Yesterday, or in one day, I think that was yesterday, like 300 and some odd people died in 24 hours. And if you're not one of those 300 people, you're singing Pavarotti out of your balcony. Those are the two options. You're either dead in a hospital or you're, you're singing hammered off a balcony. You know those people are hammered. That's not being talked about. But you're going to tell me you're going to lock a bunch of Italians in their homes and they're not going to be chugging wine and singing. No one sings sober off a balcony, all right? Nobody. Nobody. The only way you would sing sober off a balcony is if you were a part of a musical and your character happened to be shoved up into a balcony. Everybody else singing out of a balcony in real life, hammered, hammered, sloshed. Uh, I don't have any more words for it. As I take a sip of coffee. Well, those are the only two things. I'm trying to keep up with the news. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I'm doing okay. I'm scared. I'm not scared of getting this thing. Because I feel like I can survive it. And the people that I... I, I you know, now that I say that, they're going to replay these words while they throw dirt in my face at my memorial. But, <laughs> like... 
I think I can survive it because I'm in the age group of survival, and I think I have a good immune system. I eat a lot of grains. I mean, not anymore because that won't keep, so I only eat sodium-laced soups. That's what they said. They said stock up, so I have a bunch of Campbell's soup and smoked. I just had some smoked fish. Incredibly bad. All of that's not good for you. I had a rice aroni for dinner. I had pasta. It's just all carbs and sodium. I'm gonna die of high blood pressure, even if I do survive the coronavirus. That's what that's what's happening. Even if I do survive this uh, coronavirus pandemic, I'm gonna die from high blood pressure because of all this soup I've been eating. You can't just be eating all this Campbell's soup. You have any idea how much salt they gotta put in there to make it last 20 decades? Soup doesn't go bad. Campbell's soup. I don't even know why Campbell's is still making new soups. For all we know, Campbell's, the company of Campbell's, stopped making soup six decades ago. Because they're like, this doesn't go bad. People only buy them two at a time. And they're probably only making new soup now. Like, people had to, the, the Campbell's family had to, had to frantically run into the factory and blow dust off of decades-old soup-making machines and canneries to start making tomato soup again and chicken noodle soup and cream of mushroom soup because they stopped making this stuff decades ago because no one, you would buy it in case of an emergency, you throw it in the cupboard and you'd never eat it. And if you did, you'd be like, Lord, is that salty. I can feel my, my blood pressure pumping through my carotid arteries. Carotid? Carotid arteries? I don't know all the words. You know what I mean. My femoral artery. Pumping. My veins are looking like ultimate warriors in the 80s. If you don't know who the ultimate warrior is, Google that. You see his vascularity? It's where his veins are coming off his arm. It doesn't look healthy. Apparently, it's not. Anyway, um, what was that? What, how did I get off on that tangent? I, I just want to do stand-up again. This is the closest I get to do stand-up, is this. This is it. This is it. And it's half. I love doing stand-up. I, I get now why athletes cry when they got to retire. It's the only thing they liked. It was the only thing they were good at was to play a thing. And then they got old, or their knee fell off, and then they can't do the thing, and then they sob. Grown men and grown women sob in front of a microphone, in front of a live audience of people saying, I, I can't play the sport anymore, and blah, blah, blah. And for years, I never understood it. Why would you cry? Why would you be so sad? I get it. The only thing I love doing is doing stand-up live in front of people, and this is good, but I don't get to, st like, I know you guys laugh at some of this stuff because you tweet at me, you leave reviews and comments and stuff, but I, I don't I don't see it. I hear about it the next day. I hear about it later, which I very much appreciate, but it's not the same. It's not stand-up. I'm about to say something filthy. So if, uh, if you have kids around or if you have sensitive ears, turn it off right now. But podcasting is like masturbating and live stand-up is sex. That's what this is. It's like ones you're like, all right, I guess. Who's calling me? Camden, Arkansas. Let's answer this right after my... Hello? Hello? Thank you for choosing Visa MasterCard services as your legal financial advisors. This is an important message regarding your existing credit card accounts. 
Thanks to your good payment history and good credit score, you have been qualified finally for interest rate reduction between 0 to 5%. Several attempts were made to reach you. This is your final courtesy call before we are unable to lower your interest rates. So press 1 now. You want to mess with these people? Let's do it. Services. This is James. How are you? Hi. Yes, sir. How are you? Hi. I believe that you are responding for the lowering interest rate on your existing credit card, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't have any interest. I don't have. Uh, I make my payments every month, so Why I don't, don't have, have any interest. Why you don't have any credit card? Why? Yeah. Why you don't have these both things? What's that? What? Well, I have a credit card, but I make the payments all the time, so I don't, uh, I don't, I don't do the interest thing. Oh, I shouldn't have said that so soon. I'm not good at phone pranks. Ugh, what a fail. What should I have said? I don't know. I like to be honest with people. I do have a credit card, but I make the payments. But then you don't get to mess with scammers. I don't get to mess with that guy who's trying to steal my social security number all the way from Bangladesh or wherever the hell he just called me from. Anyway, stand-up comedy, live stand-up comedy, is is the best. And this is a this is a substitute. It's a way for me to blab and gab and be the narcissist that I am. But it's not the same. It's just half of the joy, but I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna continue to do it, and I'm gonna get my live stand-up out there. So this is the idea I came up with. I wanted to run it by you guys, so you guys respond via however you respond uh, to me being on this podcast, but I have the new hour, I think I mentioned this in yesterday's episode, I have the new hour, it's gonna be released via audio for, you know, Pandora and SiriusXM through 800 Pound Gorilla. I mean, I don't know if that's gonna be slowed down by this coronavirus or what have you, I mean, who knows? But I have the hour filmed, and uh, I filmed it last November, and my goal, my plan is, I think I'm just going to put it on YouTube, I'm going to put it on Facebook, and I want to have it link uh, to a GoFundMe, but the GoFundMe isn't for me. The GoFundMe will be for other comedians, my fellow friends, that, uh, that need the money uh, sooner than later. They need money. They're like really hurt by the the canceled uh, work that they've gotten. I've been very lucky. The last two years have been good to me, and uh, I've I've saved as much of it as I can. So I don't. Uh, I'm cool on money for now and for a little while. I mean, I hope this thing doesn't last forever. But I don't need any money. But my I have a lot of friends that are in stand-up, and they just had a lot of weeks canceled, and they're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. So here's my idea, and feel free to get back to me on what you think about it. I released the special, and then I ask, I go, if you enjoy it, throw a few bucks into this GoFundMe, and then we'll be transparent with it, because I think GoFundMe, you set a goal so you can see who's donating. But then I'm also going to post which, uh, like my comedian, me divvying up the money to my comedian friends uh, that need it to, you know, pay rent and do what you do with money. Um, I guess I can't guarantee they're going to spend it on booze and drugs, you know? But hey, that's, that's how handouts work. 
you don't get to tell them what to do with it. But I mean, I'm gonna hand it to uh, to friends that need it that are in comedy that had weeks canceled, and whatever's left over, or if. What if, for some reason, because I know the government's talking about sending everyone like a grand a month or a couple grand a month or whatever that is. So if that ends up not being the case and they don't need it, maybe we can just donate it to Meals on Wheels. I looked up which, uh, what was that? I Google searched that. I Google searched uh, which charities, where to donate what did I do? Where to donate for coronavirus? And I think it was Meals on Wheels was on there. Because they're out there delivering meals to the elderly, and and I don't think that's been shut down. Anyway, I'll figure that out later. So either way, the money in this GoFundMe uh, will go to comedian friends of mine that are full-time comedians that aren't making ends meet. And if it turns out that not enough people sign up to have some funds dispersed to them, which uh, I find that hard to believe, but that uh, could happen, uh, then we'll give it to Meals on Wheels. Would you throw a few bucks at that? You know, like a dollar or five or 20 if your daddy war bucks over there? Um, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good thing. And it's, uh, it's, one, it's the perfect charity because it helps me selfishly too. Because it gets, <laughs> I, I can't like, I can't sit here and talk to you guys like I'm being like uh, Mahatma Gandhi right now. I get to put my special out, which I know people that like me would watch anyway. Um, but we do this GoFundMe thing that can help comics or we give it to Meals on Wheels, whatever we end up doing with this money. It's going to go to one of those two things. And then people watch my special and hopefully... Uh, I mean, I know my fan base that's into me now will be around, hopefully, knock on wood, when this coronavirus is over, and then I can go back and tour, and life can go back to where it was. And so it helps both things. You see, there are no fully selfless acts out there. There aren't any. Everybody gets something out of everything they do, and I think that's what I would be getting out of this. I, uh, I'm okay on money, but... I'm still a narcissistic entertainer who has a new hour of stand-up comedy, and I'd love nothing more than for you guys to watch it. So that's my game plan. And uh, so let me know what you think on that. I think I'm going to do it, unless a bunch of people think it's a horrible idea. But I don't think it is a horrible idea. I think it's a pretty good idea. I think it's a pretty solid idea. And I've had people reach out and say they like the uh, the album or the... Uh, the special titled Cream, and I think I'm going to go with Modern Mail, because it ties into the closer of the bit, and Modern Mail, I've never said that to anyone and had them cringe. It would be funny, though, if people were cringing right now, but it ties into the closing bit, and then I can still call the, uh, I can still call, uh, the album that gets released uh, with 800 Pound Gorilla, I can call that Cream. If we want creamy modern mail. All right, now it's something else. That's a different genre altogether. Anyway, uh, that actually leads me into this article. I read this article that scared my pants off, but it was written, it was an opinion piece written by uh, Roy Wood Jr. Let me pull it up here. Uh, it was about this how much this coronavirus is going to hurt stand up comedy. And. It's called 
This article is called It's Time for Stand-Ups to Prepare for the Worst by Roy Wood. Marshawn Lynch said it best at the playoff game uh, press conference last uh, this year. Take care of y'all chicken. Chicken meaning money. Entertainment is an industry built entirely on disposable income. As COVID-19 virus spreads, more and more people are being asked to stay at home and practice social distancing. First, it started with large stadiums, then theaters, then places with more than 500 people, then down to 100 people. In many cities, this ask has now transitioned into an order. Cities like New York and Los Angeles have ordered bars and places of entertainment closed for weeks to come. And some places in New Jersey are even enacting a curfew. Stand-up comedy under its current model in most cities is effectively dead at every level. Very true. From the Stadium Act down to the open micer who just started last week. I've been a stand-up comedian for well over 20 years. This is, of course, Roy Wood talking. I've been a stand-up comedian for uh, well over 20 years, of which the first nine I amassed over 500,000 road miles driving from gig to gig. What's happening... What's happening to the economics of this country is unprecedented. The entertainment industry will be hit very hard, because ultimately, what we provide is a luxury. You don't need to go to the movies. You don't need to go to a concert. You don't need to go to a comedy club. Whenever this ship gets righted, what people do have will be set aside for food or any debts that they amass during this time. You know it's going to be bad when power companies coast to coast preemptively, did I say that right? Preemptively, preemptively, preemptively. Who am I? I'm a man who didn't go to college. You know it's going to be bad when power companies coast to coast preemptively announce that they aren't going to turn off your power. Large concert venues and theaters are shut down. Movie theaters that haven't already shut down are limiting themselves to half capacity. Disney World stopped. Cruise ships stopped. Production on a shit ton of TV shows and film have stopped. Some, the neighborhood on CBS, have opted not to even film their season finale. But in the rest of our, but in the rest of the country, even if people can come to a comedy show, do they want to? Part of the reason I canceled my show in Raleigh, North Carolina, later this month was because even if I flew there and did the show under a 100 max ordinance, would anybody come? To take that risk and possibly infect a loved one or a coworker didn't seem worth the risk. Not the information we currently have on hand. Comedian uh, Kate Willett recently tweeted about low audience turnouts. But she was also performing in Seattle, which is arguably the epicenter of this in America right now. There's surely more hysteria than there are places less affected. Uh, The feeling of, is it worth it to do a gig, is starting to trickle out. Long before mass gatherings, long before mass gathering ordinances were handed down, Trevor Noah, Nikki Glaser, Sam Morrill, Joe Macchi, and others started to move their dates around, which is to be expected. But for many comedians who aren't high enough on the fiscal totem pole, the financial fallout of this will be felt for months, if not into early 2021. This is the part I was really trying to get to. Uh, but that for, I'm just reading the article, all right? This is where we're at. This has now turned into an audiobook. I hope you're cool with me stammering over words that I haven't read in my life before. <laughs> Remember that, high school G, uh, GED? Hi, no, 
High school graduate, 2.75 GPA. That's what's reading for you right now. There's a lot of uh, attempts by some to compare this to 9-11. Like many comedians, I performed on September 12th, 2001. The difference then is that people weren't sure if they could laugh. Today, some people aren't sure if it's safe to laugh. If you haven't been in business long, if you haven't been in the business long enough, here are some things to consider about the stability of comedy as the effects of the COVID-19 outbreak ripple out. As larger arena and theater acts cancel upcoming dates, they will be looking to reschedule in the fall, competing with one another, and people already booked during that time frame. It's very plausible that some of these theater acts will trickle down into comedy clubs, which means if you're a performer that's getting canceled right now or set to perform at a comedy club in the fall, your date may not be safe. The airline industry, which is only weeks into the crisis, has already begun layoffs. If the airline industry is suffering, then the average 200-seat comedy room is going to be in dire straits when they reopen, if they can reopen. And when they do reopen, they will need a big-name act that will make a splash and get the club out of the red. To the credit of comedy clubs, many have remained open, knowing that they're going to operate at a loss. They do this for the sake of comedians who need the money as well as their service staff, The next week or two might be the last chances for any of them to get money before the governor passes the next ordinance. The only thing that's going to help are the big names to sell those tickets. The further down the comedy totem pole you are, the more out of work you're likely to be. That's fun to read. Uh, Compounding this issue is a potential writer's strike on the horizon, which will lead Uh, which will yield more writers and comedic actors on the road this summer and fall, jockeying for a few club dates. Their popularity is more than enough to sell a ticket or two during a financial downswing. And the clubs will be more inclined to book them because they'll be coming off of a few weeks slash months of revenue. It It seems like simple logic. But after talking to some in the comedy community, I don't think there's a lot of consideration about what the back half of 2020 will look like. We're likely to see a gang of theater acts with nowhere to perform, coupled with funny actors and writers with nowhere in L.A. to work. The comedy club is where all the nomads end up. The sad truth of this business is that many of these comedy clubs operate on budgets just as tight as the comedians. There will be clubs that do not survive this. In the long term, I know that the struggles of a city comic versus a road comic are different. But please, during this downtime, start considering other ways to generate revenue for yourself. Start brainstorming with other comedians in the same boat as you. No matter where you are on the comedy totem pole, you will feel the effects of this. Even if you are one of those, what's the big deal? I'm still going to do my shows. The people need to laugh. More people die than the flu type comedian. That's fine. You have a right to do what you do. But just because you want to perform doesn't mean it's going to make sense for the clubs to have you. Assuming that they're still legally allowed to have you by the time you read this, if you aren't a weekend act that's already selling tickets consistently, the clubs that are hurting in attendance over the next few months could find themselves in a position where it doesn't make sense to pay you your full fee to come entertain 50 people in a room that seats 300. The fiscally smart thing to do uh, for the club to do is to cancel you and put some locals on stage that'll work for less and need the money. 
No matter the level of comedy you're at, whether you're whether you have dates or not, this isn't safe. All right, how much more of this are we reading? Good God Almighty, do we get the gist of it? <laughs> I didn't realize it was this long. I don't think I read the whole thing yesterday, but it it scared me. Uh, ba 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 Let me skim through and make sure there's anything good. I talked with a few comics. The alternative, do do. Oh yeah, Uber or Lyft. Fansonly.com, GoFundMe. And I've always said, register for Sound Exchange. For all you know, you're getting paid. Your 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 comedy is getting played somewhere and your money is waiting for you to collect. I'm on Sound Exchange. They send me nice quarterly checks. Anyway, my point is that's exactly why I want to do this GoFundMe for the comedian struggling right now. Which after reading that article, that could be me in a year or two, once uh once the savings runs out. But um I don't know. I have faith that uh, the people that like me will still come out and see me. And uh, even if clubs have to cancel to book big theater acts, I can rent out my own venues and put on shows like I've done in quite a few cities. And uh, I trust that you guys will come out once we figure out what the solution to this is, whether it's a vaccine or whether we somehow build an immunity to it or whatever. Or for all you conspiracy theorists out there, whether or not the answer is that this is built by the libtards to make sure we can all be communists. Whatever the end is, once we get to it, uh, I feel like I can go back to somewhat being where I was, if not exactly where I was, and continuing to grow, but I'm worried about my comedy brothers and sisters because we look out for each other. Stand-up is a very... uh, independent game you know i mean it looks independent from the outside because there's only one person on stage there's only one person's name on the marquee there's only one person's picture as to who's performing that night but we actually look out for each other if there's a club that doesn't pay we let our fellow comedians know if uh i don't know someone gets their joke stolen by another comedian we're quick to police our own we have a tight-knit unit and Right now, what I'm seeing is a lot of people fending for themselves and no one standing up for the comics in trouble. And that's why I want to do this GoFundMe idea. And now that I put it on the podcast, I actually have to follow through with it, which is good. It keeps my feet to the fire. Um, So anyway, that's my plan. Boxing gym is closed. My coffee shops are closed. I can't do comedy. I have this. I'm going to put my special out and then maybe I can film a few dumb sketches and clutter your Instagram feeds with <laughs> with different versions of the same things you're already watching. How about that? Hmm? How about that? I got to do a Manscaped ad last week. I think I talked about that. The Lawnmower 3.0. That should be coming out soon. And I'm just sitting at home. And uh, I want to eat all the food that I'm not supposed to eat. I stocked up my fridge. I stopped up stocked up my freezer my cabinets with sodium rich foods and i just want to eat them all it makes me want to eat more than i normally did this is why i never kept food at the house because i'll eat it i would just keep enough food to eat for the day or maybe tomorrow but i would never do big grocery shop run because i want to eat it and now it's here and i want to eat it and i don't have a place to go box to burn it off i'm gonna have to do prison workouts in my house that's what we have to do 
That's what I'm going to have to do. Um, I think that's going to be the episode for today. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope things are going as safe as possible. Uh, We'll have another episode up for you guys tomorrow. And hopefully some more information about this GoFundMe that I'll work on today and tomorrow. Uh, Maybe have the special up at the end of the week or early next week. I don't know. When's the best time to release it? Once the whole country goes on lockdown and everyone is stuck at home and has to look at their screens, whether it's their laptops or their phones, their smart TVs or whatever device they get their entertainment from, maybe that's the time to drop, drop, who am I, to release the special along with the, uh, and by the way, it's not a special. It's my hour. It's just one camera angle. It's my camera. So I don't know how special it is. There's no fancy introductions. There's no fancy lights. It was done at a, it was filmed at a very small comedy club in Escondido. I'm very proud of it. I'm happy to show it to you guys. But I don't know if I'd call it a special. It's an hour. It's an hour of stand-up I'm, uh, I'm happy to show you. But that's too long. Maybe it has to be called a special. <laughs> Maybe that's what we have to call it. Anyway. Uh, I think that's the episode for this week. How about we do a song of the week, huh? How about I play you guys a song that plays in my head every time I have to go outside, whether it's the grocery store, whether it's just to get a breath of fresh air or a cup of coffee that I can no longer get in about 12 minutes. Part of me wants to run to Dark Horse and get the last cup of coffee, but I'm not going to. I'm going to remain strong. Anyway, this is the song that plays in my head every time I think I'm going to have to go outside. Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing. Leave a five-star review and a comment, and I'll read in the opening buffer. Here's the song, though. Every time I go outside, the song is called The Ecstasy of Gold by Anisio Morricone. I'm I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's a song from The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Enjoy, everybody.
That's it. Have a good day. Good day. Good day.